This is a really special podcast. This is Qualified Tutor's 150th podcast. And there was only one appropriate guest for this podcast. And that is our very own totally amazing Ludo Miller. So here's me asking you, Ludo, what's your why in tutoring? To bring a smile. <laughs> That's the shortest why we've ever had on this podcast. Being a tutor is a little bit like being a sort of performer, isn't it? And for a lot of people, that can be tiring. Uh, for lots of people, that can be extremely rewarding. It's probably a mixture of both for me. Bottom-up, the actual defining moment of bottom-up is about knowing people. It's about knowing your industry. And your industry is people. It's, it's ideas, of course, but the tutoring industry is so people-focused. When you come back and visit in five years' time, Ludo, what do you want Qualified Tutor to look like? Well, I don't think there is something in education that looks like what I want QT to be. I'm Julia Silva, and I will be hosting the podcast so that we can finally hear from Ludo. Ludo is an impossibly good listener, and he asks confoundingly good questions. So when it came to my turn to actually ask him some of the questions, it's really given us pause for thought. Unfortunately, Ludo is also leaving us at the end of this month. Ludo has been with Qualified Tutor since our earliest moments. In fact, I contacted Ludo when I was first doing research about the tutoring world. Via which platform? Superprof. It was Superprof. And I, I emailed tons of people. And some of them responded. And some of them were interested. But only Ludo leaned in. And he's been leaning in ever since. Ludo Miller, welcome. Thank you, Julia. I feel like this is a sign of uh, things to come. You on this side of the mic. Yes, um, and I hope I can do as good a job as you have, because it's been an absolute joy to hear you bring the best out of so many different and diverse guests, which is a great place to start. What I'd love to do to tee up this conversation is a quick retrospective of some of the 150 plus guests that you've had on the podcast. Okay with you if I read them out quickly? Go for it. Let's go. Right, Stephen Berryman from the Chartered College, CPD Certification Service, John Nichols from the TTA, Bramble, Tutor Cruncher, Lee Elliott Major, Mary Meyer, Dame Allison, Peacock, Matt Hood, um, Mike McCallowitz, AJ Harper, Laura McInerney, Susanna Hardiman, Jen Fox, Twinkle, Johnny Manning, Trisha Richards Service, Alex Asher from LearnCube, Omar Dakani from Interjoin Teach, Jason Priest from Tutor Index, Opperden, Claire Riley, um, Ben Gadsby, Gavin McCormack, Lucy Spencer, Sharon Corley, Michael Bungay-Stanier, Justin Weiss, Richard Evans, Superprof, Michael Gibbon, Liberty King, Joanne Kaminsky, um, Bradley Bush, Sarah Cottingham, your favourite, Daniel Sunshine, and my favourite, Ian Gilbert. Goodness me. 
and many, many more that we haven't named there, but uh, have been fantastic guests of this show. And when you started out, you used to ask everybody their why. So here's me asking you, Ludo, what's your why in tutoring? To bring a smile. <laughs> That's the shortest why we've ever had on this podcast. Now, I think that is anyone who knows the way I approach interacting with others will know that that is a large part of why I do what I do. And I think as a tutor, probably my greatest strength is bringing a smile to kids' faces. Um, as many tutors have said on here, uh, I'm not the best teacher, probably. Um, I probably wouldn't make a very good classroom teacher. And that's why tutoring was such a strong place to turn to, because I think my strengths are in building someone up one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and that's probably why I've been able to do so many uh, episodes uh, every single week is because I absolutely love building someone up one-on-one. -on -one. I think the job of a host is building up the guest because, you know, it's even the most seasoned podcast guests in that first few moments of an episode, there is, you know, there's a, a sense of unknown, isn't there? Um, yeah. So the host, that's the host's job is to, is to ease them in. Um, my tactic has always been blow them away with a lovely intro that I love researching um, and the number of guests who said, oh, my word, that was, that was a lovely introduction um, is because probably they're not expecting that to happen. So, yeah, that's completely right. And and listeners who go back over the podcast will hear that guests are always touched by the way that you frame them and present them. Um, but I'm really curious about what you've just pointed to, that um, bringing the best out of a guest on a podcast is similar to the skill of bringing the best out from a student. Can you dive deeper into that, please, and tell us how you bring that smile? Yeah, I mean, I've, I always find that these a lot of these skills are very you know, interchangeable and, and are very interlinked. Being a tutor is a little bit like being a sort of performer, isn't it? You are delivering this performance of, of learning, of confidence building in each one of your sessions. Um, and for a lot of people that can be tiring, uh, for lots of people that can be extremely rewarding. It's probably a mixture of both for me. Um, and in many ways, obviously being the host of a podcast is, is a performance in and of itself. It's a prepared one and it comes more and more naturally to you the more you do it but there is a sense of you know I still get nerves before each time I start a, an episode I don't quite know how it's going to go but I do know that as long as I come with a big smile and I come having done my you know my preparation as I would do for a tutoring session then you know that the, the chances of it going not well are massively reduced and um, but really I mean you know if I did this job, tutoring or podcast hosting, exactly the same way, but without a smile on my face, I mean, what would be, you'd lose so much of people's good memories of how it went. And I think that's so key to learning in the tutoring environment is, does the child remember what happened in that session as a happy, as a happy memory? Um, or do they remember it as a bit of a slog? and something that they wish 
had come to an end, which I really hope no guest has ever felt before on this podcast. A bit of a slog, and they wish it, it comes to an end quite soon. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's the reason why we've had people who want to come back on a second time. That's the reason why we've had people who listen to it go, I'd like to be a guest as well. I think it's because people are left thinking like, that was a, that was a good chat. I enjoyed that. Um, and, and I'd like to do that again. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, I'd never really thought about those two roles necessarily being the same, but there is a lot to be shared between those. And I'm glad that this, I've hosted a podcast that is all about education and tutoring. Agreed. And the thing that occurs to me as you're describing it is from knowing you well, authenticity. It's how you show up in every space. You're, you bring your authentic self as a tutor, as a podcaster. And ironically, when you say it's a performance, it is a performance, but it's a performance that is based on your values and on who you are as a person and what your why is. Professionalism just happens to say, even when you're not in the mood, you still mm. show up, you know, you still bring it. And what I know from you is that you always bring it. Um, so let's pivot slightly and think about the next uh, hat that you've worn in Qualified Tutor, because since you and I launched Qualified Tutor together, we've been playing to me to you to me to you with all the hats in the business. And um, all the hairs. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been an absolute adventure. Um, and there's nobody I would have wanted to share it with more. Um, but one of the amazing things that happened was the birth of the Love Tutoring Festival. And we were just reflecting on it before this podcast, because when we went through that list of amazing names, that was actually the, the birth of the festivals, because we said, we've got this opportunity to speak to these wonderful people. Let's give them the opportunity to speak and be heard by each other. So we spoke a little bit about the work that you've done one-to-one -one in tutoring and in podcasting. Tell us a bit about leading the festivals um, next and how you've been able to bring voices together and create participation at such a huge scale remotely. Well, I think that actually, ironically, the, the work that you do in building community actually creates that itself. I think the festivals were and are such a success because everyone who is attending believes that it's going to be good and they want to bring the best that they have to the table. Um, I think, you know, we talk a lot about culture setting and I think the work that you and I have done went some way to producing that in, in our community. But I think the people of the community are what made those festivals so amazing. Um, and... You know, I I turned up to every event at the festival with a big smile on my face and a big load of energy and introduced a guest in the best way I could. But I was constantly blown away by the questions that were asked or by the kind of, I love those moments between events. I think, you know, Julia, you and I always kept the camera rolling as, a, as it were. We always left the, the remote space open for people to join. We didn't want to close things down because actually some of the best moments were in those, those mid-festival, uh, sorry, pre-sort of mid-event changeovers. Um, and, you know, you might expect people after the end of a, of a really sort of powerful hour-long, you know, presentation from, from a particular speaker, people to be a little, you know, deflated and sort of, you know, tired. But actually, 
people brought so much energy. You know, it's almost like they were building up to being able to chat to everyone else in the room in those little kind of five minute changeovers. Um, and, you know, I think that's because of the culture that, that, that we created. And, and, you know, it is, um, it is amazing what, you know, it, across all of the festivals, we had this core group of, I don't know, 20 to, to 50 people who would, who would attend all of the events. And, and, you know, you got to know their faces coming up the whole time on, on each of the events. And that was amazing to see. And I think if you are, I think that says a lot about the power of ripple effects. And I think if two people can create five people, they will create 50 people who will create a thousand people. Um, and that ties in a little bit with um, QT as a brand and QT establishing itself. It's that we started with just the two of us and then we have built a lovely, lovely team around us who've built a lovely community around us who've shared the word of, of QT and, and the Love Tutoring Festivals to a much bigger audience. Um, and I think what that says about starting small and committed and authentic is, is huge. Agreed, agreed, agreed. There's a couple of, well, there's lots of gems that you just dropped there. I'm going to pick up a couple of them. One is, um, you know how we always say that tutors don't have a corridor to chat to colleagues in, like, like classrooms do, like teachers do. So it occurs to me that those moments in between events were like the corridors. Yeah. Um, and we talk in coaching about liminal spaces, about the in-between bits. And I think there's something really interesting in, in those spaces in between the schedule um, and how people sort of get and give what they need in those moments. I think that's really, really interesting. But then where I was really going to take you next was the grassroots movement that we've always been so committed to because, you know, <laughs> when I called you in uh, September 2018, uh 2019 okay no i think it was 18 was it, i think it's September 18 i was returning for the final year of my fourth year okay then i'll give you 19 so um that says everything about me and my calendars <laughs> <laughs> and um and we spoke about bringing qualifications regulation um a shared language of professionalism to tutoring but we both agreed that top down was not the way we wanted to go. We knew that we wanted to build something bottom up. We wanted to start with the grassroots. So the first thing we did was create community. And um, Ludo has always been the voice of the qualified tutor community because he asks the best questions. So Ludo, this week you posted, if you hear about a party, do you jump right in or do you run for the hills? And the poll was jump or run. Now, nobody knew what to vote. Everybody <laughs> said both, or it depends, or I'm not sure, or where's the third answer? So, Ludo Miller, give us the secret to asking confounding questions to get a community talking, please. I can't give you the secret. <laughs> like a good magician I couldn't give that away I think the key is um, pairing up entertainment or entertaining questions with concepts that make you think deeply about your practice 
I think something that a, a community member, I think it was Dee uh, Atkins, Greg said recently was um, the, the questions that we post weekly, uh, daily almost in the community actually make her stop and think about her tutoring. But it doesn't feel like a test. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. And you will know that if you, you know, really whatever you post in the community, people are going to be enjoying what you say and, and perhaps responding um, very often, you know, positively. Um, I think, again, a bit like bringing that smile. I try and make the questions entertaining. I actually, you know, actually one of the keys I've learned is don't just make the question entertaining. If it's a multiple choice question, make the answers entertaining as well. Don't just make the question entertaining. Um, so, you know, it, it's communities can be built, of course, where there's where there's no entertainment, there's no kind of humor, there's no enjoyment. Of course they can. You know, there are many professional development communities that are, are quite serious and, and that's intentional. Um, but we wanted to, to take some enjoyment. We wanted people, again, to come back each day to the community. Building a community is about you have to encourage and support members to come back each day or each week. Um, and, of course, with any community, there are people who, who join and then for whatever reason they leave. But I think we have really enjoyed the fact that there are always people who come back. And actually, a bit like the festivals, there is a core group of members in our community of course as there will be in, in any community but actually one of the most enjoyable things I see is members who I haven't seen for six months a year sometimes longer returning to comment on a particular question or poll and I often think have they been sitting there listening and <laughs> seeing every single question that's coming and just now they've chosen this question because it's particularly you know um so piercing one I, I don't think it is. I think people, you know, move back in when it suits them. Um, and if, as long as you have built something that they can come back to, then that's amazing. But actually, what I would like to say about the grassroots movement that we've built um, is that bottom-up, the actual defining moment of bottom-up is about knowing people. It's about knowing your industry. And your industry is people. It's, it's ideas, of course, but the tutoring industry is so people focused. Um, and we spent the first six months of qualified tutor. We, we didn't do anything. We didn't make a brand. We didn't make a website. We didn't, you know, we didn't do anything that you might do when you start a business until we had spoken to as wide an array of the tutoring sector as, as we could. You know, we spoke to tutors. We spoke to tutoring company leaders. We spoke to teachers. We spoke to um, support staff. We spoke, we spoke to parents. We spoke to students even. We spoke to everyone we could about what tutoring was and what they wanted it to be. Um, and without that, we would never have been able to build our qualifications and we'd definitely never have been able to build our community because we'd have, we'd have probably misfired and misdirected. Um, and, you know, if the defining impact of Qualified Tutor is that we are we are about people, we are about connection, then, then, then that is very intentional. I think that's absolutely right. Um, and you've brought such a smile to my face in all of that. And I want to, um, I want to go the other way for a second and ask about the tough times because building a business together pursuing a startup and being so far ahead of the curve in so many ways and doing all of those things in COVID has been really challenging. Um, and you and I have given each other a lot of support. Um, and I think it's worth speaking to that a little bit because 
it's part of the experience, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inextricably tied to it, isn't it? QT is a business that has formed out of COVID and out of the lockdowns. Um, and of course, parts of what we do are shaped by that, you know, online delivery, online community, um, but also bringing people together. You know, the impact of lockdown was isolation. And I think our community solved lots of, well, not solved entirely, but certainly helped lots of people come together in that time. But yeah, I mean, you know, building an online business, I think your number one issue will always be that you're not in the same place. Um, and if you need to bounce something off someone, you know, you may not because, you know, they're in a meeting or because, you know, you, you think they're busy or you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, when, when you are trying to establish something that doesn't exist, uh, that's going to be hard. You're going to find that um, people are not immediately receptive to it or um, probably more likely they don't quite understand what you're saying, um, not through ignorance, but just because that's not how they, they've seen it and that's not how their business functions. Um, I think we've done as good a job as we could really in, in, in you know, reaching out to the independent tutors, to those those sole traders almost who who needed somewhere to turn to. I think that's that's been a real strength of the community um, and, and will always be a part of what QT does. Um, but, you know, because, because that's, you know, raising standards is about bringing everyone up um, and, and not leaving people behind, uh, especially not people who are committed and who love tutoring and, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, but... Yeah, I mean, there, there, there have been struggles, of course. And, and actually, for so long, we talked about how much we loved online, how, you know, all the benefits it brought us, how we were able to spread to tutors and students across the world and, and meet, you know, all bunch of people who, who we'd never have had the chance to meet. Um, but actually, we, and particularly you, Julia, have loved coming back to in-person because actually, you know, that is what QT is built on is connection and, and, and human interaction. Um, and that, that is certainly a very large part of, of going to in-person events and conferences and, and actually running our own. Um, so yeah, I'm sure QT will encounter more kind of, uh, there will be bumps along the road as we, you know, as, as you take it on. But um, I feel like as a small team, we have we've dealt with some of those things quite well. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I think um, for me, it's all it's all come down to trust again and again and again. Um, you know, the trust in each other and the trust in ourselves and the trust in our intuition um, has been <clears throat> it's been um, it's defined us, hasn't it? And just last week, because Ludo and I have been engaged in a handover of the heart the last few weeks because. Um, Ludo moving on is not the same as anybody else moving on because there's just so much shared thinking and development that's that's happened here. Um, and one of the things that we reflected on is we keep doing brand new things that have never been done before. And we flatter ourselves, but we are innovators. That's just how we roll. Um, and it's been a joy to be able to bounce and, and pioneer um, and initiate and be proactive in this space, which takes me on to my next question, Ludo. How has tutoring changed in the past three and a half years that you've been taking a lead and supporting the tutoring world? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And it's actually something I I often lead with when I talk to other tutors and tutoring companies because um, I don't think we can and we shouldn't forget that. Tutoring has come on 
you know, an enormous way. I, I think it, it's progressed enormously since, since even when QT began in, in sort of, yeah, September 2019. And since when I first began tutoring, which was about seven or eight years ago. Um, you know, I, I often tell that story of, of when I first began tutoring, I, I, I signed up to every agency. I signed up to every platform. Um, and I think the university I went to meant that uh, I was often accepted, you know, almost immediately, a quick interview, and then I was accepted on, and I could start tutoring, you know, the next day or the next week. Um, lots of times I wasn't asked uh, for my DBS. Lots of times I was you know, never given any training, safeguarding training, pedagogical training, nothing like that. Um, and it, I was just assumed that I could tutor because of my academic history and because of the university I, I was at. Um, and, you know, that that at the time was great for me. That's the thing about tutoring is, you know, it, it is very easy to think about yourself as the tutor. Um, and, and that is important to to be a, a, a good professional and also to to give tutoring, or to give you what you want from tutoring lots of times, which is obviously, you know, a good financial income and, and, and that kind of thing. But it was now I see that as as one of the issues that has been really, it's gone a long way to being resolved in the tutoring industry is, is this real understanding, wider understanding of what it is that a tutor needs to start. Um, and, you know, that, that is, that's something that I've, I've, I've learned and actually have learned through talking to, to lots, to, to other tutoring company leaders. Um, but, you know, the, the, the online shift um, was something that we couldn't have predicted uh, when I first began. Um, and that has, you know, that has massively changed tutoring. Um, I think it's made it easier to, I think it's made it easier to become a good tutor. Um, I think some of, a lot of the things that exist within person tutoring are things that can frighten as tutors who are just starting out the idea of, of going to a home and, and being with the parents and having to you know master your body language and your approach I think a lot of that is is tough stuff for a, a, a tutor to learn and also it's tricky to teach a new, uh, someone how to do I mean our courses teach tutors how you know learning works and how to be reflective and how to think about assessment and planning but it's hard to teach how to sit and how to tone your voice and how to, you know, think about all the things that you need to in a tutoring session. And, and those are things that I think the online world have, have actually helped to, um, to there are barriers that have been removed by, by things moving online, which has supported a huge, huge number of, of tutors in, in becoming better tutors. Um, yeah, I mean, well, then we come to the NTP and, you know, that was something that we've always felt that we've, we've understood well. We've been ahead of the curve in understanding what that means for tutoring. Um, the fact it brought, you know, mandatory training into the tutoring environment was huge. The fact it brought tutoring into schools is, is going to be a defining legacy of it, no matter the complications that there currently are. Um, so I think the next step really is, is some form of, um, uh, kind of um officialization formalization of some of the the, the um friends that have developed i think it, what's beautiful about the tutoring industry is it's full of really intelligent very approachable very affable people um who are in it because they enjoy working with kids um and 
it's also a, a really academic craft tutoring. You know, you have to know your subject really well. And I think that the benefits that that has for um, spreading that um, approach and that drive to the policymakers is, is, is huge and, and to the people in you know, positions of influence. So I think some form of regulation is, is, is you know, on, on the near horizon. Um, and, you know, we hope QT is a, is a large part of that. But in whatever guise, I think that is about understanding that tutors need to be safe, they need to be trained and skilled, and, and they need to be, they need to have a support network behind them. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that is the kind of motto that, uh, that Julia and, and QT have developed, but, you know, that is, that is very much a shared understanding. Awesome. Leads me perfectly on to when you come back and visit in five years' time, Ludo, what do you want qualified tutor to look like? Well, I don't think there is something in education that looks like what I want QT to be. <laughs> um, I, there isn't a, you know, mandatory college that you need to attend if you want to become a tutor. Um, and tutoring will always be a great pathway for people because it's flexible and because it has many different costumes to it you know it has many guises to it um, there are so many different types of tutor uh, and tutoring um, and that's great and that's probably the reason why one day it will be fitted into the school's toolbox in in you know worldwide because it can be fitted in in so many different ways um, you know of course, I want QT. I think QT's. I think the course that we built when we first began has, honestly, its basic tenets have not changed. It was it was a fabulous course when it was written, and it's still a fabulous course in in all the ways that it is now. Um, so, of course, I want that to be something that is that is that is offered and provided to tutors because I think that it covers all the bases very well, and and there are very very few people who haven't enjoyed taking that course. Um, and and I think that I think the conversations that we've had, I think the podcast, I think the festival, I think the things that we have offered to the tutoring industry have placed us in a, in a very nice kind of neutral position. Um, and I, and I and I think that that has allowed us to, to have further conversations um, with uh, you know with government, with policymakers, that kind of thing. Um, but really, you know, if I did have my big dreamy hat on, I would love QT to be a a, a college for tutors. I would love for it to be a place that has um, the best of hybrid um, uh, training to it. So it has, you know, fantastic ed tech usage and online delivery, but it also has a place, a staff room where people can meet, and it does have an in-person um, element to it because some people want that. Again, as I said, tutoring has to be flexible. Some people want in-person, some people want online. You have to kind of be there for both. Um and if that college is reaching out to anyone who wants to become a tutor or anyone who wants to continue to become a better tutor, then, then that would be a fantastic place for QT to be. Um, and that college, crucially, is global. It's not just UK-based, even though we are UK-based company, um, because tutoring in 2023 is a global uh, industry. Um, and the the potentials for that are honestly mind blowing. I mean, the kind of people we speaking we've spoken to who want tutor training 
they are based in South Africa, in Singapore, in the US, in you know wherever it is. We are not restricted by 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 national borders anymore. And and I think you know when people talk about what we want the future to look like, I think that's it. So stunning. And it takes us right to our final question, which is one of my favourite questions that you've asked on the podcast, Ludo, which is, if you had a magic wand that you could wave over the whole education space, bearing in mind all the conversations and all the imaginings you've had with various educators in the past few years, how would you imagine, what would you magic up for education? I would like to see the power of tutoring scaled up to mainstream education. I would like to see schools redesigned in a way that can allow the power of tutoring to flourish. Um, I think the concept of tutoring in schools will be blurred to some extent, or I'd like to see that. I'd like to see the concept of teachers and tutors blurred to some extent. I'd like to see um, places of learning as somewhere where you, where, where children through the power of technology can learn the content at their own pace and are then supported by, you know, um, independent educators, teacher, tutor, it doesn't matter what they're called, but someone, a trusted adult who they can turn to, to lean on for the next steps um, I think that can all happen in a physical location called a school or an online location called a school. Um, and I think that tutoring, which is something I hugely, hugely believe in, used to be the preserve of the elite, now increasingly is less so. And I think if tutoring is to reach the place, the kind of holy land that it can be, it will be a place where everyone is able to access it like everyone is able to access school. Mic drop. See our next guest. So beautiful, but so beautiful. And now a brief word from Emma Palastanga, whose episode you can catch after this. I really enjoyed talking to Ludo and distilling the thoughts over many, many years into a 30-minute podcast. I learned that I do have a lot of passion for the creative curriculum. I guess I already knew that, but not quite to the extent that it came across in the podcast. And I would definitely encourage other people to do the same. It really is important to share what we believe in and create that excellent education system for all. So, um, to wrap up this conversation, you've brought a smile to my face. Um, that's been your legacy here, Ludo. The smile um, from the first moments, that sort of shared, trustful, respectful, creative, energized process that we've been on together. It's been full of integrity and full of idealism. Um, and I bless you on the next steps of your journey. 
through the law world, um, through the legal profession, I should say. Um, and I and and I bless you in your in your next steps that they should be as full of smiles and that you should be have the opportunity to bring smiles, integrity, and idealism to everything that you do. Thank you for being with us and please don't go far away. <laughs> I won't be. Um, and Julia, it's been an enormous, enormous pleasure. I think the skills that you have as a leader in um, allowing your your team to find their own next skills and develop develop those skills further is hugely underrated on probably one that you don't realise quite as much as you should is the things that you've taught me, probably without even realising that you taught me and allowed me to go on and do. Uh, I will never forget Um but yeah, hosting this podcast has been genuinely the highlight of every single week for the last 150 weeks, which is quite a long time, really. I mean, that's almost three years of my life. I've hosted this every single week um, and I will listen in to this podcast intensely in, and intently for, for as long as it continues. So listeners, um, I don't know how many episodes of ours you've listened to if you're listening to this right now, but please do go back and listen to some others. I recommend our very first one. It was a fantastic chat with a lovely guy called Daniel Sunshine. Um, and uh, if you ever want to reach out to me again, I'll be on LinkedIn. Peter Miller, all the love. Bye. Bye Cheerio. Bye.